Hi, this is Rajiv. And Bella, and we're excited to share our interview with the Dean of LeBeau and newly appointed Interim Provost Paul Jensen, where he talks about modeling the way. We'll be right back. Welcome to LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast by students for students. In this season, we explore the book, The Leadership Challenge, by James Cousins and Barry Puzner, by interviewing members of LeBeau College's administration team about the five practices of exemplary leadership. So let's start today's interview. Hello again, everyone. I'm Rajiv Nuna, and I'm a pre-junior at LeBeau, majoring in finance. And I'm Bella Sanasuso, and I'm a senior in LeBeau, majoring in economics and legal studies. Today we're joined by Paul Jensen, the current interim provost of Drexel University, and we're going to be discussing the first exemplary leadership practice, which is model the way. Dean Jensen, it's great to have you here with us today. Congratulations on your new appointment as interim provost. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this important topic. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. While studying the leadership practice, model the way, we learned that titles are granted, but it's your behavior that wins your respect. Do you agree with this statement? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with this. So I, I've worked in industry. Um, I used to work for General Electric. Uh, I've obviously worked in academia for a long time. Uh, and I, I've seen this in both arenas. Um, it's absolutely true that it's really about the respect that people have for you because of what you do. Um, and, you know, I think what's true about good leaders is it's not about the title. It's about the fact that they have visions, that they have the ability to inspire people. And a true leader doesn't need a title uh, to get people behind them, right? So, um, and then the converse of that is I've also seen people that have big titles that people don't necessarily follow. So I, th- I, I believe that's 100% true. Uh, it, it's really about your ability to uh, get people um, inspired and motivated behind ideas. And you don't need a title to do that. So in order to model effectively, you must first believe in something. What is it about the values and the mission of the LeBeau College of Business, as well as Drexel University as a whole, that you believe in? I think, you know, whether you're talking about LeBeau College or Drexel, we're a unique place. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot about our history and uh, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from that because we've really we've taken a, an incredibly rich history um, and we're now making it more and more appropriate for the future. So let me step back. One of the things that really sets us apart is obviously we're a co-op institution. There aren't many of those. But at the same time, we're this really interesting comprehensive research university. And so for a lot of people, it feels like there's a weird tension there because they think of research as being just academic and theoretical. And you think about co-op and it's very practical. And so there's this tension across these two worlds. But, you know, what's interesting is when you look at our history, there's this, um, I, I think, fascinating and impactful sort of interaction of uh, what I would describe, of, describe as inclusive thinking, innovation, and the result of those things are impactful solutions. And so you can just start with our founding, right? Our, this university was founded because A.J. Drexel looked at higher ed and said, boy, this really shouldn't just be for you know, basically white males from elite families, right? And he, be- he believed that education should be inclusive. So our founding was, in fact, this sort of inclusive thinking and impactful solutions. And you can go through various points of our history and see that same thing. The, the same thing is true about the founding of the co-op program 100 years ago. 
That was to solve a talent crisis that resulted from World War I and influenza. And so, again, we, we, it's this idea of inclusive thinking, innovation, and solving incredibly important problems. Sometimes, you know, um, it's about academic research we're solving problems, but our history is also about solving problems in society. So, to me, that it's this really exciting dynamic um, between this sort of way we think and the innovation and solving problems. And it really kind of sets us apart. And I think it really positions us well for what's coming in higher ed, which I believe is much more uh, connectivity to what's happening outside the university. So partnership with external entities in higher ed is going to become more and more important. And our history really sets us up well for that. So that's the kind of thing that really gets me excited about LeBeau and about Drexel. Well, that's a great point that you just bring up. And uh, you just mentioned that higher ed is obviously a little bit different than uh, working in practice in the industry. What about your line of work energizes you in higher ed? I think, you know, I, I did work in the corporate world for a number of years, and uh, it's great. And a lot of people love that. And, and there were certainly things that I enjoyed about it. Um, but I think the thing that I was missing there was sort of this sense of higher purpose. Um, what I love about being here is that the work that I do, I always feel, is is going to help students, and not just while they're here, but through their lives. And so I think this is true across the university. Our lens on what we do is really about student success, um, and I think that brings an excitement to our work that you don't necessarily, and a fulfillment that you don't necessarily get in other lines of work. So to me, that's incredibly energizing. Yeah, it's great that you spoke to how you represent the student body as well. So as a leader, we know that you're not only speaking for yourself, but for your entire team and organization. So how do you demonstrate or how do you make sure that what you're communicating and those values are shared both internally and externally and reflect your team? Or yeah, that, that, that's a great question. So, I, you know, the, the communication piece is is so critical. So you know, what, what I think in terms of this is one of the things I always try to do is I, I think as a leader, you really want to have a few core beliefs and everything you do is anchored to those beliefs. So what's critical is that um, your constituents uh, understand what those beliefs are. Right, And so you don't want a 30-page strategic plan. What you want is a few core principles and guiding principles. And every time you're thinking about solving a challenge that you have, you anchor to those principles. And so I think the things that are critical are clearly communicating to your team what the principles are, what are the guiding principles. Um, and then when you're talking to people, that the sort of responses you're giving uh, in various situations align with those core principles. And if you do that, then you always sort of have this consistent communication. And that's absolutely critical uh, because success is really about getting everybody aligned and organized and believing together and kind of rowing in the same direction. So that, that, that's a key part of accomplishing that. Right. And if I could just interject, what are those core competencies or principles for you? For me, you know, student success is kind of the anchoring core principle. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I was dean of LeBeau, Everything that we did went back to student success, okay? And you build off of that. So I'll give you an example. One of our key strategies and priorities in LeBeau has been building corporate engagement 
to make that stronger for the university. Now, we weren't doing that because we wanted that for the, just the university. We're doing that because long-term, we believe that's going to play an important role in student success. So thinking about that connectivity leading to stronger curricula and academic programs, that would be an example of how you do that. So, so that would be some of the key priorities here. So congratulations again on your appointment as the, the new interim provost here at Drexel. Let's just say that we imagine and we fast forward and you've been in the provost role for one year. You overhear several different people talking about the impact you've made on the university in your new role. What are two or three things that you hope to hear them say? Wow. Oh, okay. That, that's do you, give me maybe give me more than one year. Maybe give me a few years. Right. But but okay. But okay. <laughs> Um, what would that be? I, I think what it would be, I think, is, you know, we're, we're an amazing university. Um, and despite the fact that I, I think we're an amazing university, I think we can be better than we currently are. Uh, and I think every leader wants to think that, right? You always want to not just accept where you are, but move forward and improve. And so for me, one of the things that I think I want to focus on is thinking about the academics across all our schools and colleges, and what are some of the unifying themes? We have an incredible reputation around co-op, and we want to maintain that, but what I would like to see us do is to develop sort of more university-wide value proposition around our academic programs. Um, one of the things that's interesting about Drexel is we don't have a core curriculum. Um, every college kind of has their, you know, we have everybody takes English and math and, you know, we have that, but we don't truly have a core curriculum like some universities. So I, I think there are things that I would like to accomplish in moving in that direction of kind of building more, um, think of them as core competencies that cut across all academic programs. And these should be the competencies that are going to be most important to your success long term and ensure that we're doing this in a uniform kind of way for different schools and colleges in ways that's appropriate, that are appropriate. So, I, so those would be two things that I would think about is thinking about a more unified curriculum uh, across the university. And with that, I think we can develop sort of a stronger academic value proposition that's distinct from co-op, related to, but distinct. So those would be two things that kind of come to mind. And, um, you know, moving forward, what would you say that you're already doing now to help create that legacy that you're hoping to create? And I mean, you have spoke to this a little bit. So maybe what do you think the first steps would be in creating a core curriculum or identifying those? Well, I, yeah, that's a great question. And these are things that we started thinking about when I was dean in this college. And now I'm, I'm thinking about it in a broader perspective. But uh, I, I think a, a first step in that is, is thinking about the future. And, and, you know, no one has a crystal ball, but um, I can say with fairly high degree of confidence that looking ahead, that in order for you two to be more successful, we should focus more on what I would describe as essential human skills. Some people call them soft skills. Um, I don't like the term soft skills. But, you know, I think communication, uh, every time I talk to anyone outside of the university and I say, hey, what, you know, what does your organization need? And it's things like communication the ability to work well in teams, leadership. So these, these are what, this is what I mean when I say essential human skills. So I think the university focusing more on that is something that um, is important. And then, of course, you know, another set would be sort of this idea of, you know, computing and data and so on. We don't, we don't want to make everyone a programmer. That's not the point. But 
having uh, minimal competencies in these areas is critical. So these are things that we, we kind of started thinking about here uh, in the business school a while ago, and I'm continuing those thoughts now at the university level. So Schuylkill Yards is something that generates a lot of buzz in the student body. We were wondering if you could maybe touch on that from an, from a university administrative perspective and how you see that fitting into Drexel's vision and Drexel's development over the coming years. Yeah, so, so you know, th- this is where I give all the credit in the world to John Fry. He, he's an incredible visionary. President Fry started talking about uh, Schuylkill Yards back when he came in 2010. And, and I'll confess, initially, I didn't fully understand the impact of it. Um, I mean, I, I got the idea that it was this great space for this intersection of the, the community and, and academia. But when I look at what's happening in the world now, uh, you know, and one of the one of the most impactful changes we're experiencing is technological disruption. It's changing your lives in ways you don't even realize, because you don't you don't you don't know what it was like to not have a cell phone, right? I mean, but technology is changing everything, um, and. I think because of that, um, th- you know, one of the things I believe is that because the pace of change is accelerating, companies are, are what we used to think of as our co-op partners. Their needs are changing rapidly in terms of the skill sets they need, um, in terms of the innovation and R&D that they require. And then as a university, we have a growing need for being more connected to industry to understand how do we set up our students for success because things are changing so fast. So what Schuylkill Yards means to me from an academic point of view is this is creating an environment for industry and academia to truly partner in, in a much more in-depth way than just co-op. And that collaboration is going to be the thing that drives a, re- a truly dynamic curricula here at Drexel. And this is, you know, this is one of the things that really excites me is that I think, I think Drexel's in a position to really kind of redefine higher education. And in this partnership with the outside world, it's more than just industry, it's the entire outside world. Because a lot of what we do is, you know, in our neighborhood, not with companies, but just with the people in our neighborhood. And so I think Schuylkill Yards, you know, is providing an infrastructure for this academic vision of, you know, what the future of higher ed will look like. And to me, that's incredibly exciting. I mean, how many schools are going to have a Schuylkill Yards, right? I mean, so, so it's a great opportunity for us. And sort of going off of building that community beyond just our campus, you spoke earlier about how higher education can sort of address the needs in society. Do you think there's anything close to our campus that Drexel focuses on or could help with in the community? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, we, we have some pretty uh, economically challenged neighborhoods right near campus. And I think part of the vision of Schuylkill Yards uh, and, and part of the broader vision of civic engagement here at Drexel is to help build this community. So I think the work that we're doing in terms of building schools in the neighborhood is incredible. And, and schools are so important to have a economically healthy neighborhood. So, yeah, I think the impact that we have there through all different aspects of sort of civic engagement that Drexel focuses on, coupled with the economic development through things like Schuylkill Yards, I think the impact on the neighborhood there is incredible. And so that is something that will continue to grow. Kind of touching on uh, the change you mentioned and where you see Drexel in the next few years, what are your suggestions as uh, as to what we as students can do to help move Drexel forward just every single day and 
anything we do. One thing that I, I, I try to talk to students a lot about is the importance of our alumni. And so I think historically, we as a university probably haven't done well enough in terms of connecting our students with our alumni. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. I, I think there are a number of students who leave Drexel and say things like, wow, I had an amazing co-op experience at Company X. You know, it could be Comcast or whomever. And what they don't recognize, I think, often is that the experiences we're providing through things like co-op are really built on the foundation of an alumni network, right? And so one of the things that I was trying to do here in LeBeau and I'll continue to try to do at the university level is to make sure our students are seeing our alumni more so that students really understand the impact and the opportunities that alumni create for our students, both in the classroom and in co-op and, and so on. And so I think the things that I would look for students to do to try to move us forward and to and move themselves forward in the process is to help us build that culture of student alumni engagement. I think that is so critical to student success moving forward. Um, and uh, I think there are just tremendous opportunities uh, for Drexel to do new things in that space. So that would be the one thing that comes to mind. Well, Dean Jensen, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a wonderful time talking about Drexel moving forward in your new position, and we're all really excited for you. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate you having me here, so thanks much. Thank you. This has been LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast from the Dean's Student Advisory Board of Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Opinions expressed are awesome, but may not reflect the views of the college or university. Thanks for listening, and join us again for our next episode.